homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am your host, Sabrina, and I'm here with my son, Samuel White, who has been on previous episodes talking with me about movies and learning in high school and ways to really use movies um, that you probably have never thought of before. So, Sam, say hello. Hi. Sam is um, my 26-year-old who has been in love with films since he was a wee little lad, and he has become an independent filmmaker and has also recently begun offering some introduction to filmmaking classes to homeschoolers um, in their teens in our local area. So we've been having a lot of fun over the last several months working with him to develop curriculum for those classes and then getting feedback from students to find out what worked well for them and what was maybe um, more than they realized they were getting themselves into. And uh, so we're just going to kind of share some of that adventure with you. And if you have a teen who is in love with film and would love to learn something about the filmmaking process, that can be a really wonderful elective choice in high school. Today's episode, we're going to talk very practically, nuts and bolts, um, for parents who have never made a movie and have never even thought about making a movie, but who have a kid who would love to learn about making a movie. We're going to see if we can give you some real at-your-fingertips kind of resources that you can pursue and not spend a crazy amount of money and not just send your kid off to some class somewhere where you have no idea what they're going to be taught and you have to write a big check in order to send them there anyway. (laughs) So we're trying to bring this right into your home, your homeschool, and uh, just sort of get you started looking into this possibility of an elective for high school in filmmaking. So, okay, Sam, first of all, um, why does this even matter? Like, what kind of kids even care anything about filmmaking? And what does this have to do with the high school education? Well, I think that it's actually, in today's world, it's pretty much incredibly important for just about everyone. We live in a world that is completely saturated with media. I mean, just about everybody gets all their news from watching the news as opposed to picking up a newspaper and mm-hmm. reading it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we, we get, we, we're, we're constantly being bombarded with different movies, TV shows, YouTube channels, everything. It is all around us. And it plays a huge role in how our culture is defined. So learning to understand filmmaking, whether it's something you ever choose to pursue from a career point, whether it's something you choose to pursue from a hobby standpoint, or whether it's something that you just kind of experiment and learn with um, in high school once or twice, I I think that that's really, really important because if your life is going to be that saturated with moving images, you should really understand how they're made, how they work, um, so that you can discern better what you choose to watch. Very good. So it's it's a tool for... Uh, building critical thinking skills, which we're always talking about here on the podcast. And it is um, also then meeting some basic things like technology credit has to show on the transcript somewhere. 
and um, there's screenwriting involved. So there are writing skills being yeah. implemented and there is a visual element to this that is visual fine arts. So there are even those, those transcript friendly labels mm -hmm. that sort of automatically present themselves. But I think that you're hitting on something very important that a lot of parents perhaps have not thought about before. This is a part of our world in a way that it was not a generation ago. And it is important for young people before they step out into independence and adulthood to have thought about the impact that video has on them because they are getting hit with it everywhere. If you have a teen who says, okay, I really want to make a film and you're a parent who thinks that's nice, dear, I know absolutely nothing about how one goes about making a film. I think that you can address that from the teenager standpoint because you and I lived that story a number of years ago when you were young. So first describe what, what made you want to make a film when you were a teenager? What made, well, I wanted to do it long before I was a teenager, this is but, true. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm some, I don't know if this is healthy, so perhaps it's not good to take advice from me in this standpoint. <laughs> uh, but I have always seen the world around me almost as if it were a movie. Uh, movies tended to sort of shape the way that I saw life around me. And when I tried to uh, process life around me, I almost always did it through uh, coming up with a story. Mm. And I almost always saw that story in a visual way. Not And I love to read. I love books. Uh, but for me, pretty much always when I get a story idea, I'm already seeing in my head how I want to shoot it, uh, what the sound effects would be, what the, mm. all that. So a lot of it just comes down to, I, I think you're, you're wired a certain way. Some people are wired uh, for math. Some people are wired uh, for music, for um, writing. Uh, but there's some of us like me who are wired to see the world in a visual storytelling way. So that's what uh, what initially, uh, I guess, got, got me into it. And um, once okay. it gets... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, it, once that gets inside you, when you realize that's a part of you, it, it becomes uh, almost more of a compulsion than something you enjoy. It's not mm. really a question of... Uh, I'd like to do this. How do I do this? It's like, all right, well, this has to happen or... So I have to find a way to make it happen. Yeah, because or I'm going to internally explode or right, something. <laughs> right. So it is very much a creative expression. And just like there are some kids who simply have to make music, mm -hmm. there are some kids who have to make a movie. All right. So you got mom who knows nothing about it. And she looks around the house and has no idea what equipment might be needed for this and she looks at the bank account and there's not actually a lot of surplus there for purchasing equipment and she doesn't even really have the basics of a curriculum to follow so we're going to address all of those things and we're going to try to equip the parents to provide what a kid like you were needs to to put their hand to this and to try it um all right so let's talk about equipment first and we're going to just break this down into general categories because um, as we were planning for today's show, we talked about the fact that there's just an unending list mm -hmm. of possible types of cameras and um, pieces of equipment and types of editing software. So we're just going to kind of get you started with what you are likely to have in your home already. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, anybody looking to make a movie today, whether they're a student or an adult who's just always thought about it, is living in pretty much the best 
era there has ever been for uh, people who want to explore this medium. If you go back to, I don't mean to say that you're old, but mm-hmm. you know, if we go back to your generation, mm-hmm. it was when basically... dinosaurs roamed the earth. The, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> your parents may have owned uh, a Super 8 uh, home movie camera, which shot on film, but it was this grainy kind of distorted uh, right. thing, and it wasn't like you really had access to editing it, and you probably couldn't do sound at all. Right. Um, so you did your best with it if you were really determined to do it, and it cost money because you had to buy the film and get it processed, mm-hmm. and you know hope it looked good. Um, and then when we got to like my generation, by that point we were all using home video cameras, which were certainly cheaper, but um, were very, very poor quality, and there wasn't a lot you could do with it. Mm-hmm. And again, you just if you really wanted to do it, you're like, we'll make it work. Right. Uh, but today, um, we everybody has access um, to high definition video. In some cases, 2K, 4K resolution. I'm getting really technical now, but. <laughs> Everybody can shoot incredibly high quality video uh, for next to nothing because almost all of us have a smartphone and almost every smartphone out there has uh, high definition video capabilities. And there are all, all kinds of wonderful apps that you can download that will take that camera even to the next level and almost all of them are relatively inexpensive and some, in some cases free. Um, And the same goes for editing equipment. Uh, There is an endless amount of editing programs out there that can do all of the basics that you need to cut together a good-looking movie. And again, some of them are completely free. Some of them do cost some, but not a lot. There's a lot of them that are available right on your phone. Just in the App Store. Just in the App Store. Uh, If you have an iPhone, most of them come standard now with iMovie. if some of the older ones don't, but I think it's only five bucks to download. There's a couple free ones, uh, Adobe Premiere Clip, uh, Splice, and I think those are the the main ones uh, okay. that we check out. And all of them have certain pros and cons. Some are, are better at color correction than others. Uh, some have an easier user interface. So it's just a question of what works for you, but you're not spending a lot to test them out even you can just sort of download if it doesn't work for you look for another one right um okay and just so people know we're going to reference a number of things today and we're going to try to list all of these for you in the show notes so if you're driving please do not write anything down just keep your eyes on the road (laughs) and um later you can go to the homeschool high school podcast um page for this episode and and find some notes for you that will help you follow up on these. Okay, so a smartphone is probably the most obvious place for most people to start. Another possibility that you had mentioned? Um, well, if you uh, want to get your hands on a DSLR, and this is not just something that you can do uh, because you have no other option. I mean, there are professional movies using DSLRs. Uh, for uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Talk to me like I'm four, but DSLR okay. means... D- DSLR, uh, they look like a camera for photography, but they now shoot uh, HD video. And um, you pretty much any time you see somebody with what looks like a professional camera, that's going to be a, a DSLR. DSLR. Okay. And the benefit is they have interchangeable lenses, which give you different looks, uh, different options. It looks more like a professional movie right okay, off the so bat. Okay, so chances are pretty good that if... if a parent owns a DSLR, they probably are interested in photography. 
and have some basic knowledge yeah. of okay and that is fantastic because the the two mediums are interconnected if you know a lot about how to use a professional camera and i guess let me run in there and say there are a lot of dslrs that are relatively inexpensive especially older models you can get for like 500 bucks okay and it's a great camera and that's a chunk of change to put out but you can also use it for photography right and it'll last you a very long time Okay, so let's, for the rest of this podcast, let's focus primarily on the idea of using a smartphone or an iPhone. Okay. Um, not because we're affiliates for Apple. It would be lovely if we were getting mm -hmm. a kickback from Apple for mentioning iPhones on this podcast, <laughs> but that is not the case. We just know that lots of people have access to them. <laughs> Excuse me. So let's kind of stay primarily with that because that's going to be our most likely family who's never done anything with this before, but could start right there. Okay. And... Um, so you've got this iPhone and you just, what, you just open your camera and hit select video and just run with it? Or are there other things on an, on an iPhone that you want to use? I mean, that's the best place to start, probably, um, just to do um, tests. And you, you can do that. Um, the video camera on your iPhone will have automatic settings, mm -hmm. uh, which means that you're essential. You have less control of the image, and the the phone is doing a lot of the work for you, which is a great place to start if you want to keep doing it. You'll want to look into some other options. There are some really cool kind of, frankly, gimmicky, but a lot of fun uh, camera apps that you can download. Um, one is a vintage Super 8 style one. It gives your movie the look of a Super 8 camera, but with a really nice definition and, and sharpness and detail. And that is another automatic one. Um, the big one that is actually made, and there was uh, at least two movies at Sundance in the last couple of years that actually were feature movies shot on an iPhone with this app. It's called Filmic Pro. It's 10 bucks. It turns your iPhone into a completely manual movie camera. Oh, wow. So that would be a, an amazing like next yeah. step after you've yeah. played around with it on after automatic set, settings to then yeah. begin to take control. And of if you've never done anything before, it might not be the best option because you have to get used to knowing how to operate a camera manually. But if you get to that point, or if you already have kind of a background in photography, then go for it because you can get really professional looking images right on your phone. And I believe a lot of these are also available on like Android uh, okay. devices and things like that. Or if not, there's usually some equivalent uh, for them. Okay. So um, mom says we've got a smartphone and so we're good. We're good to start with that. And now I need something that's going to tell me what, what is it that my kid is supposed to be learning about the basics of filmmaking? So the internet has uh, lots and lots of resources and some of them are terrible and some of them are <laughs> inappropriate and some of them are wonderful. And um, a really fun, very simple starting place that we found is a, is a PDF that you can download from the American Film Institute. And uh, the link for that PDF will be in the show notes. But it's just the basics of filmmaking. And it's actually something I found. Sam didn't even particularly find it. When he teaches his class, <laughs> he creates his own basics of filmmaking handouts for his students. And um, I was looking around to find something that would have appealed to me when we were starting way back in the day. And this looks to Sam's eye and to mine like it would be accessible both to mom and would then provide real learning. So it essentially breaks down all the essentials you need to know of um, the different types of shots, the different types of camera movements, all the different jobs uh, that are needed um, okay. on a film set, 
the basics of formatting a screenplay. All the essentials are in there. Now, oh, and there's even basics about lighting and, yes. and setting up lighting mm -hmm. without having professional lights. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So a good place, a good place for mom would be a PDF like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's the that's the basics of filmmaking. And then you have recommended a few books that tend to be kind of industry standard for yeah. filmmaking educators. Well, and that I used in college too. Okay. Um, so the Screenwriter's Bible is one that comes out every couple of years with a new edition. Yeah, and um, even if you. Uh, want to get an old edition on the, the cheap. I mean, it's not that expensive anyway, but if you get one on the cheap, all of the key information about how to write a screenplay, understanding three-act structure, character dialogue, etc., that's going to be the same throughout. What will mainly change is information on how to market your screenplay, get an agent, this and that, mm. which if you're just learning for the first time... Is kind of irrelevant. Is, is, is kind of mm -hmm. irrelevant, unless you write something absolutely genius, in which case, you know. <laughs> Um, another one that is really, really popular is, uh, Sid Field's, uh, Screenwriter's Workbook, uh, okay. I believe it's called, and that's taught in classes a lot. Sid Field was, for many years, considered the number one authority on screenwriting. He developed a lot of different techniques that people recommend using, uh, index cards, and it's the whole thing, I don't have time to go into it, but, mm -hmm. um, and of course, screenwriting is where you start, that's where your project is born, so it is important to learn, um, to learn that. And also screenwriting is, uh, I should mention this real quick, screenwriting has, in terms of how you put it on the page, a very specific format. Now, a lot of people I know, especially if this is your first time doing this, go, well, you know, I'm just messing around. Do I really need to do that? Um, but the format actually is very important because it helps you determine uh, how long the actual movie will be. Mm. Um, and it also will help you as the director to break down um, what your shots are going to be, where they're going to be. It's a bit of a pain to learn. Um, I would recommend getting uh, a Caltex uh, account. Caltex? K-E-L? Cal no, no, no. no. Uh, C-E-L-T-X. C-E-L-T-X. That's okay. correct. And uh, that is a free uh, script writing software. It will help you learn the formatting. And yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. And it's available okay. on the phone, too. So you can like work on it on your computer. And then if you got a break at work, just pull it up on your phone and do a little more writing. So, oh, so the writing that you've done then is like stored in the cloud kind of yeah. thing in your Caltex mm -hmm. account. Gotcha. Okay, so you've got a smartphone. You've got access to this Basics of Filmmaking PDF from American Film Institute. You have looked into uh, screenwriting books like Screenwriter's Bible or the Screenwriter's Workbook or online resources similar to those that, that give you instruction on how to write your script. And, and that's one thing that I think is hard for a lot of teens when they're first making this jump. If you're going to create a filmmaking elective for your teen, rather than just say, oh yeah, go take your phone and have some fun and, and do a skit or whatever. Um, the, the difference is understanding all of, of the fundamental structure that is going mm -hmm. into storytelling via film. Mm -hmm. And so it is important for your teen to understand that while this is probably going to be a really fun elective, there are a lot of things that must be done a certain way and you have to learn how to do them and why they're done that way for it to be successful and for it to really take you um, from that, oh, I'm just playing around with my phone stage to then, wow, you know what, I'm really learning the art and craft of storytelling with film. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so you're, you've got an iPhone, you've got your various resources, 
And what size project do you recommend starting with for oh, a teen who's never made a movie before? Oh, start incredibly small. What does do, incredibly small mean? Do a two to three minute short film with two to three characters in a room talking and see if how good a story you can do with that because you will be amazed how long it takes to shoot. Mm. You will be amazed if you're not careful how much money you could wind up spending. You can make a movie for very cheap if you decide at the beginning and stick to your decision that you will do it cheap. The moment you start saying, oh, oh it'd be, you know, let's throw this in there. Let's throw that mm -hmm. in there. Let's throw, you know, we'll put my cat in the shot. Cat doesn't want to cooperate. And you waste an hour <laughs> trying to get it to cooperate. Cats never want to cooperate. And then the rest of your actors say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't stay any later. I have to get home. Right. And then you got to reschedule. Yeah, and that was one thing we learned when you were a teenager is how these projects take vastly more time than you anticipate they will. So starting with a two to three minute film may sound really like you're going to get an eye roll from your student. Like, oh, mm -hmm. please, this is stupid. But a two to three mm -hmm. minute well-crafted, well-planned, well-shot, and mm -hmm. well-edited project will take up, if, if they do it right, they could have earned a quarter credit on the transcript yeah. by the time it's done. Absolutely. Because it, it will easily take 30 to 40 hours mm -hmm. to create something like that. Yeah. So um, that that's a good place to start is to have that conversation mm -hmm. with your teen and say, we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. And you're going to be so pleased with what you have created when mm -hmm. it's done. But it is a big undertaking. Okay, so you start small and um, you work with a very limited number of actors. Do you need to have people who are like actor actors or can you kind of work with people who are willing to, to do something real simple? Uh, that comes down to um, how talented the people who are willing to do something simple are and how good a director you are in terms of how you work with actors. I mean, bad acting will seriously hurt your movie, but a really good director can work with people who are not good actors and edit carefully and film carefully. Say, we're just gonna cut out these lines here. Do it all with your facial expression. So, you know, it, it is, and especially if this is your first time doing it, you're gonna just be working with your friends and family, mm -hmm. and that's okay. It's, you know, it sounds, it's not a matter of having a lack of confidence. Be prepared for the fact that your first movie may very well be terrible. Um, because <laughs> have a sense of humor about it. <laughs> have a sense of humor about it. doesn't mean don't try really hard. But the only way you're going to learn how to get better is to try your hardest and then take a good hard look at all your mistakes and say, okay, so next time around, I know not to do this, this, and this. That's the best way to learn. Okay. So once you have all your raw footage and you've uploaded it to your computer, because editing on a phone is not really ideal because the screen is so small. Is well, it's true? not ideal. It's completely doable. And okay. I mean, I've done it. And it's it's almost kind of a fun exercise for yourself to say, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have Caltex on my phone. I'm going to write the script, do all the planning on my phone, and then uh, shoot the whole thing on my phone and edit the whole thing on my phone, almost kind of to, to push yourself. And in some ways it is convenient because it's less equipment right. and this and that. Um, so it's really your call. It's easier on a computer because you'll always have more features to work with. Um, but especially when it's your first project, I mean, you know, like iMovie has a lot of color correction options if you do it on your computer, but the app for it doesn't. But if it's your first movie, you got more important things to worry about. Then Save that correction. for your next project, you know? Okay. <laughs> so it's a different version of 
of keep it small and start it small. Yeah. Is is recognizing that some of the bells and whistles actually it's better to just ignore for a first project mm-hmm. and focus on the fundamentals and the basics. All right, but there's going to be lots of cutting and mm-hmm. getting rid of all the stuff that didn't mm-hmm. work well and and all of that. And so um, software like iMovie, which runs on Mac stuff, and you mentioned Adobe Premiere Clip. Yeah, Adobe Premiere Clip is available on the phone, not on your grid. The, uh, I mean, you could download it for your computer, but it's like 50 bucks a month. Oh my, uh, no, no. But it's free <laughs> on the expensive. clip, and it's a very basic editing system, but it does have some really nice, uh, it does have nice color correction options. Um, another free one is Splice, which is a pretty good one. It's, I think I said this earlier uh, about the cameras, but uh, it's true also here. Every editing program has pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to find one works better for something you're trying to do and another one works better for something else you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a case of you figuring out what works best for you and your movie. Okay. So it's like with everything else that we talk about on the homeschool high school podcast, there is not one right way to do this. And what we're trying to do is not give you a checklist of do this, 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 and this in order to make your first movie with your teen. Instead, we're trying to just put some resources out there and then say, Give yourself permission to play around with these things and log your hours so that you can see how much of a credit your student is building. And um, then get expert advice. There are lots of YouTube channels, right, that deal with specific cameras and specific types of um, of the technical pieces mm-hmm. that go into this. So if, first of all, let's face it, our kids are much more comfortable just playing with technology and Mm -hmm. seeing what they could figure out on their own than we are in most cases, unless you're, you're a a parent who is really techie. So it's first just something that your student's going to want to play with, because Mm -hmm. if they want to make a movie, the tech pieces are going to be so much fun to just Mm -hmm. play around with. But then when they have specific things that they're trying to accomplish and aren't sure how to do it, mom and dad don't have to be able to figure that out. You can go together to places like one of the ones you mentioned that you really like is DSLR Guide. Yeah. Um, this is a young guy over in uh, England. He's been doing this show since high school. He's now like college age. And uh, he's basically teaching himself filmmaking and documenting it for you. And every episode covers some other tech thing. Whether you're shooting with a DSLR or not, he'll teach you uh, about lighting, about sound design, about editing, about practical ways to get your shoot done quickly and efficiently. I mean, he's just uh, wonderful. And it's actually kind of great because if you go back to the real early episodes from years ago, you sort of see somebody starting off very close to the beginning, just like you are, and then mm. you can follow him along. So it's, I think that's a fantastic show to follow, pick and out. You, you have found it to be in general pretty clean, not I've never seen, that's, yeah, I've thrown up a lot of red flags. As far yeah, as content, yeah, so. and there, there are some other sites that are, that are good, but you know, sometimes use language or, or this and that. Um, but there are a lot of resources out there that are perfectly appropriate, certainly for a high school age student. So this may sound stupid, but there may be people who have not thought of this before, you can just go to your search engine and say, how do I blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah with an iPhone? Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll pull up answers for you on how, you know, absolutely. How, yeah. Type okay. in, yeah. Type, go to YouTube, type in three point lighting system with an iPhone and you'll probably, you'll get multiple videos 
of people demonstrating how they do it. And they might even do it slightly different depending on who they are, and you get to experiment with that. So Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so um, we're actually going to wrap this up fairly very, fairly quickly here because um, we don't want to overload people, and there was a lot of information thrown out here at once. So like we said, check the show notes for some links and a listing of some of these resources. And this is not the kind of thing that um, you want to start out with, okay, we're going to do a year's elect, a year long elective in filmmaking. Start really small, maybe even start with just a summer project or start with, um, like we said, a, a quarter credit in technology mm-hmm. or fine arts is what you're heading for. And you're logging hours and you're trying to get to, you know, maybe 40 hours um, in into a project. But just like Sam's recommending to the student to think small to begin with, it's a good idea for the homeschooling parent to think small in terms of the transcript too, because it will get overwhelming otherwise. I did. I know we're trying to wrap up. I did think of one very small project you can do to get your feet wet. Uh, Take one of your favorite movies, take a really good, very short scene from that movie and try and recreate it. Try recreate the angles, the movement, the lighting as best you can, just as an experiment to get a feel for this way. You're not bearing the burden of, I got to figure out how to shoot this story idea I have. That's a good way to focus just on the tech piece to get comfortable with the equipment. Excellent. I wish I had thought of that earlier in this podcast. It would that would have been, been really great if you had thought of that earlier. But it's okay because there's not one right way to do a podcast about basic filmmaking for homeschool teens. So There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, try recreating something that you love and see if you can master just the tech pieces and then take it on to telling your own original story. In the future, we are going to dig deeply into screenwriting on another episode of the podcast. And um, that will be a lot of fun because that's something you are passionate about. (laughs) And in the meantime, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you and maybe a really fun conversation starter with your high schooler. Start uh, thinking about how you could put together an elective and it could be something that your kid really, really wants to try their hand at. So good luck with that. Enjoy and um, check out other podcasts on the Homeschool High School podcast for encouragement in creating high school electives. We are big believers in the importance of electives in high school. Everybody needs strong core academics. There is no getting around that whole math and reading and writing thing. But high school is such an important time for your teen to be exploring the unique person that God designed him or her to be. And elective courses are a wonderful way to do that. If you're looking for some ideas for electives, you can visit sevensistershomeschool.com and look in the ebook store at the product descriptions for curriculum in human development, in history and philosophy of the Western world, in philosophy in four questions, which was my youngest son's favorite class in all of high school, um, early childhood education, intro to psychology, um, there are lots and lots of elective ideas there, including a an acting and directing elective that um, if your kid is really into filmmaking and into acting, that might be a neat resource as well. Don't, don't think that electives need to be squeezed in after the core academics get done. Electives can be extremely powerful learning experiences and can do a whole lot to aid your child in career exploration, in character development, and in preparation for independence and adulthood. 
So have fun with those and have really good conversations with your kids about what interests them and why, and then see how you can create elective courses in those subject areas. We look forward to talking with you again on future episodes of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Thank you.